0: ...every year, I've one every... 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 I feel like you can't call it an NRL magic round without magicians. How would that translate in the hard-hitting world of rugby league? I think they'd be good with the sleight of hand, the deft passes. Maybe Um, the dummy? Yeah, but when it comes to putting their body on the line, I think they'd probably get really seriously injured. We need to do something about the amount of time it takes a Sinbin player to exit the field. What about any player getting Sinbin for the Titans? We say, if you get off in the next 10 seconds, we'll sign you up to another team. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast that gets genuinely horny over a Blake Ferguson somersault. I am your host, Eamon Brown, and we have plenty of great topics to talk about on the show in the world of rugby league today. But first, it's time to introduce the only man who solved the problem of his sister's low ceiling by cutting off her head. It's Chip Jones! Well, she wasn't using it. Her head? No, she had a a syndrome, Uh, what do they call it? Um, Down syndrome? Or? So something like that. I wasn't right. paying attention. Okay. She might have had more of a syndrome after you lopped her head off, mate. It probably didn't help. But at least, you know, she, she didn't make as much mess around the place. I'm sure it was messy at the time. Just that room. Could you not have just lowered the floors or at least maybe said squat? I mean, I think it's a very drastic measure, that's all. yeah. Might have been handy to have your input back then, but I guess. Oh mate, look, I'm here for logistics now. Um, but look, it's been a while since we've uh, had been on the podcast, mate. It's and it's interesting uh, that you bring that up. And okay. Uh, uh, w- it feels w- like there's something on your chest, and well, for, w- for once, it's not dick cheese. You know, through the history of the the how many episodes have we done of, mm. of, of uh, TVT? Oh look, I'll, to dig into that kind of stats, I'd you'd need to do. I'd some take word. hours. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be thirty plus. There's over thirty. Sounds about right, and in in, in in all of those thirty episodes, I don't think I've missed missed one. I had to. Oh, I think there's a few. Yeah, but uh, why don't why don't you tell our loyal, loving listeners uh, where you've been for the last couple of weeks, mate? Well, mate, I've I've been across the ditch, as they say. Um, you know, frolicking around in the South Island of New Zealand uh, with my partner. It is we kind of lived the life of Riley uh, or or Rylina and Raylene. I don't know why we're both women in that analogy. It makes no sense. Um, but we basically rented a car, drove across the South Island, and uh, we had a great time. We're drinking wine, getting smashed, making fun of the locals. And I will tell you this: it was a it's a rugby stronghold down there. But uh, for New Zealand Warrior fans listening, the bloody Warriors are pretty well known down there. I thought it would be a, basically an anonymous sport, uh, but I walked into pubs. was doing a bit of market research as I do for the show and the NRL chippy and. Look, uh, it was on in most pubs, and if I requested it, only once did I get told... To fuck off. Yeah, uh, and that obviously turned into a melee uh, before I was severely hurt by a giant mowry. Was that because you were trying to join in on the hucker? I try to be culturally sensitive where I can be. Sensitive. Um, sensitive. Did you say sensitive? I, you know, I actually did pick up a bit of an accent over there. I think um, in the transit lounge. Anyway, look, it was a, it was a great time, and uh, the only weird place that we came across was a place called Invercargill. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure if any of our listeners are familiar with this place or not, but um, I mean, New Zealand's a, it's not a very uh, populated place. It's very sparse. Not a lot of people around, even in their big city. So you go to Invercargill and there's about 19 people there. Okay. Okay. So we stayed in a hotel. He, that, that constituted two of the 19. It's a husband and wife couple. Uh, so we and actually, they knew everyone. They knew everyone, exactly. So w- w- when you went to stay with them and you said, so what's the place like? Well, actually it was like that. Uh, first thing that this guy asked, his name was Tom. And uh, he said, uh, why are you here? Which I thought <laughs> I thought was an unusual question. That was as we were signing in. He goes, "Why are you here?" And we said, "Oh, we thought we'd uh, come down and check out Invercargill, all the main sites." And he went, oh. and that was it. He didn't. Mm. He sort of. I don't think he bought the reason. I think he thought we were there to sort of pull off some kind of terror event. Yeah. The combination of shops in Invercargill is very strange because. It goes like this, and it's always in a sequence of three. It goes wedding shop, boozer, pornography store. Okay. And it goes in that sequence all the way down the main road. So I'm assuming that's just for someone who doesn't want to walk very far and have a huge night. So you basically go and get shit-faced. Yeah. And while you're doing that, you can either actually marry the girl... Hmm. Or you can just pay for it. Exactly. Now, before we actually dive into some of our topics, I wanted to mention something that I've just seen on Twitter. Now, uh, we are recording this on a Sunday night. Um, Parramatta has just trounced the St George Illawarra Dragons. What a what a game that was! Oh, that was a the great way. game of footy. I yeah. mean, uh, that Fergo flip. We've got to get a name for that. All right. So let's start at the Furgo flip. Is it then. the Fergalip? Yeah, Fergalicious. F- yeah. Or that was that stealing from the Black Eyed Peas. They've stolen from everyone else yeah. anyway. I know. That's all right. You're right. Fergie stole a number of Something. STDs. Maybe we need to do a Twitter thing on that. Well, you know, What do you call the Fergie flip? Maybe we should. But um, do you know what I noticed about the latest flip? He seemed far more in control Definitely. this time. Yes. Especially Definitely. through the air, he seemed far less 737 max. He seemed to um, have the rotation just nicely mm. now. And I wonder, you know, so you've done a hard day's training. You know, you've really got to put in the effort to do, you know, half a dozen... Fergo flips do you think that he, the reason he's done it again he was making a point because the first time he did it mm. in the indigenous match he realized that through the air he fucked up yep so like he was waiting for his moment where he scored and had the requisite space to actually come off with a proper furgo flip well i think what may have happened is he was halfway through the flip and he saw the camera mm. and it just you know he saw himself in that lone light and was this the first time Light shining off his head. Yeah, and the indigenous. <laughs> uh-huh, so that distracted indig- him. The, yeah. Oh, he, I he, see. He, and it kind of... <laughs> it flipped him. him for a second. Well, it's and- funny you mentioned that though, Chip. There is a still image that someone's taken. They've obviously taken the HD footage and slowed it right down. And there's a clear moment. In fact, I think this is on the Voluntary Tackles Twitter feed. So take a look. There's a clear moment where Fur goes upside down hmm. and his eyes are looking sharply at terra firma. And you can tell in his mind he's going... I fuck this. (laughs) And it's not that kind of, hey, I miss celebrating, look. It's a decidedly, my life is about to end, Mm, look. The ground shouldn't be there. Exactly. A video I saw on Twitter just a moment ago. If any video sums up a player's personality, it's this one. Now, it's a video of Cooper Cronk after yesterday's game. Yep, Successful game. You saw the celebrations. Fantastic. It's him in the dressing room by himself, cleaning up fantastic and yep. just putting rubbish into a rubbish bin yep and does that not sum up cooper Gronk more than anything else well you know what i really love about that is that um he's interested in how you leave things mm. a and legacy well in in a sense yeah but it, but it also shows a, shows a certain pride mm. and character in saying i'm not going to leave the dressing room because my mates, it's, oh, I've been in the situation myself, I'm sure you have, where you might be the rowdy bunch of mates and they just trash something and leave it and you feel kind of... Yeah, I've done that. You know, obligated to at least, you know, make an effort to make it look right. Well, I've never suppose. done that. No, but you're a, you're a cunt. <laughs> Can't even close the door properly. <laughs> you won't even get up to try to close the door properly. Why not, mate? It's ambience. Let that breeze in. <laughs> That's right. Essentially, he's um, enacting a walking metaphor there, isn't he? That he's trying to do the little things right. Um, and if that means picking up the scraps on the ground and putting into a rubbish bin, so be it. And, great and character. It's, it shows really great character. I love that. 100%. 100%. Which is why we actually did a little bit of research as can we well. Get, can we get him down on Bondi Beach? We're just doing a beach cleanup? Just cleaning. Well, that could be a thing. Maybe we can get Cooper Cronk just trying to arrest all of the city's ills. I reckon that he, he, he's got a job after footy. Yeah. What do you reckon he should do? Round up uh, all the homeless and put them into a shelter? Or or, or just execute them. Okay. That's Depending more on, of an SS thing. Depends when, on who gets in. Yeah, that's true. Election, if so. it's the far right, um, you might have a really good policy there. Cooper Cronkle will have a job for life. Either way, really. Either way, mate. Um, but look, I've done a bit of research here. The voluntary tackle, it never stops. It's just round the clock. But I also found a video of him wiping the arse of Jared Warrior Hargraves oh. uh, because he was at the time, he had a sternum injury and he Hadden, couldn't hadn't wiped. He couldn't reach. Oh, he, he couldn't wipe himself. Exactly. I couldn't but do the left hand. Cooper, Cooper stepped up. He's happy. Uh, happy Jared had a nurse, but Cooper said, no, I'll, I'll take this. Forgot um, this shit. Yeah, and of course, he's, he's a folder, not a scruncher as well. Mm. So he was efficient in the way that he wiped Jared's ass crevice. Um, so he's obviously that kind of person that doesn't just want to get the job done. He wants to do it well. Well, he'll he'll uh, roll his sleeves up and hargreave it. And in fact, that's good because it won't spread infection. So mm. always do roll your sleeves up if you are wiping your mate's arse. Mm. Uh, look, we'll probably dive, though, into our first topic of the show. Now, uh, this does seem rooster bias, so... I understand, Chip, but it has to be Latrell Mitchell. Now, he has simply progressed to the point where he's better than every other player in the NRL. I think that much is clear. Um, there are some great players in it, but Latrell Mitchell has gone to a level uh, that's sort of GI-like. Uh, so the first question to the show is this. Has he gone to the level where Latrell Mitchell should no longer be playing in a team? He should be playing by himself. He's he's kind of at a, at a point now where he, he could... Um, kick off, right? Make the first tackle, strip the ball and score, right? Then he could kick the goal. Then he could catch the ball from the kickoff and either break the line and set someone up or just score himself. Yep. You know, um, he could do his own post celebrations. He can yep. do his own media interviews. He's got he his rabbit all to himself. He's got, I wonder whether the rabbits like have some kind. I mean, it's I thought pretty, it was a kangaroo. It's pretty. Is it a kangaroo? Well, it could be a wallaby. Is it a wallaby? Could it be a quokka? What, what is he doing there? I think he's what doing is the animal. I will say he's doing an Australian marsupial. Um, the marsupial. Mm, but that's as far as I'm going to limit it down to. Because okay. honestly, uh, I have no fucking clue. Yeah, it's um, excellent. It I is mean, great. It's, it's it's really good. I will say this though, he's got the ears going okay. Uh, but he probably should mimic some kind of pouch. Okay. I would like to see him score a try, length of the field, long ranger, and then he kind of feigns like he's got a joey, yep. and he rubs his belly and strokes uh, what appears to be the ears of a sort of a very small kangaroo. Can we get him like doing some work? Like, can we actually put him to use? Like, so while he's playing, mm-hmm. we just get him on a headset and he can call the game because he's that good. At the same time, I love it. That'd be you know a start. He I could like do it. you know, the weather, he could do the news That'd be playing, great, Chip, you know? because then he could actually commentate on how good he is yeah. in real time. So he could go, here I am, uh, I've got the ball, I'm just about to step Moses and bite, C just like that, and I've left him in his wake. Uh, now I'm going to turn around See, and poor, laugh because he's, at Robbie Farrar. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to laugh at him right now. There we go. <laughs> he's ages away because Robbie's so <laughs> slow that he's getting further away even though I'm standing still. Try Gatorade. It's the. Let me put the ball down. That's a try. It's really refreshing. Um, Helps me run faster. Right, what's the score? I've got to kick it. Yeah, okay. I will be right back after these messages. Over to you, Luttrell, on the sideline. Hi, Luttrell. Uh, look, I'm going really well out there, aren't I? This is amazing. Um, it was very difficult seeing see myself run by me like that. Like, it was good stuff. I don't know how I did it, but I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> back up to the commentary box with Ray Warren and Latrell Mitchell. I, I could 100% see it. And so this goes back to my point, Chip, that there should be a one-man band team called the Luttrell Mitchells. And we've already had a bit of a problem, because we're problem solvers. The NRL wants to get a new team in Perth, the Perth-Mitchells. Let's send Luttrell. Just send Luttrell he as can a solo up. one-man on, band. He he plays Origin as well. It could be amazing. i tell you one thing. Even if it went horribly, he'd definitely carve the Titans. And Luttrell's like, he's 9 out of 10 sometimes, you know. Was that a 9 out of 10 game, that last one? Because what is a 10? Uh, you, don't want to, that's, that's, you don't even want to ask that. Is that where he not That's only th- scores four tries and has two try assists, but he also entertains a small group of children on the sideline? There's just a, like when you watch him at a 10, yeah. there's just a white light on the screen. You can't see anything. And no one remembers what happened. And you go there and there's like a hollow, hallowed earth and shit grows there, there's butterflies. Crop in. circles. It's really strange. Okay. You don't want to see a 10. So it, it just turns like into an acid trip. Good. Just a solid nine Okay, for this year. Because. To be honest, from a spectator's point of view, I wouldn't mind remaining at a nine then, if that's a ten, because the ten seems a bit psychedelic. 10's a bit scary. Yeah, I don't really yeah. want to do that. Now his form um, is going to be really pushing the Roosters' creative accounting uh, when he's off contract in 2020, Chip, because mm. there are a number of clubs that are obviously after him because he is the next Greg Inglis. I think he just proved that in the last game, and um, I think that's going to be I a number know. of extra. He, that's going to be a number of extra zeros to hide for Nick Politis. Well, definitely. Um, I don't know if he's the next Greg, because he's, he's already come out and said, I don't want to be the next Greg. Well, because it's not good enough. I'm the next <laughs> Latrell. I'm only at five here, and you're calling me the next Greg. And now he's at a nine, and people are, like, wetting themselves. What's well, funny you mentioned that, Chip. Oh, very quickly, you can finish that point, but we did put out a poll, and I asked, will Latrell Mitchell be better than Greg Inglis? And we had 44% say yes, Sixteen percent no, and forty percent too early to call. When Latrell gets to the point where he's wearing the six, he's going to be at nine point six. Now, um, South are trying to poach him as well, Chip. So, how can we stop the rabbits? By we, we mean the roosters. How can the roosters stop the rabbits from landing his signature? We just get some offshore accounting. Okay. Maybe we could go into bullion. Well, we've already done that, I think. Yeah. Uh, so what I was thinking is potentially we could actually just chain Latrell Mitchell up, um, say, in Westfield Bondi. Okay. Just put a big collar around him and just chain him, uh, I don't know, to the food court. He can frolic around the food court in between games. Um, but just keep him tethered to the suburbs so that souths don't nick him. I reckon you just lock him in the training yard. Okay. You just lock him in there. Right. Will, will he go a bit mad like those killer whales did at SeaWorld? Because they don't like being... They they like their social contact. Yeah, well, we can just, like, uh, you know, get some people in there for him. (laughs) So, all right, I'm just trying to investigate. I want to audit your idea here, Chip, because I love it. Um, So, you want to lock Latrell up in a confined space. South can't talk to him. No one gets in. Exactly. But to make sure he doesn't go mad, you said, in quote, throw a few people in there. Every now and again, pretty much. Okay, and who would they be? And would he be eating them? No, I mean, what well, are we I talking mean, you about? You know, we could have the family come by, of course. Okay, you know, and yep. and and they can be there for for most of the day, or as much as they want. And then training, of course, mm. where everyone's uh, from the team is there, and you'd have to see his teammates. You still. know, we get him a a, um, a TV. Right to watch. Okay. Yep. Hook it up to past games. Just VCR. Mm. You know. Oh, old so, school. Yeah. He can watch the games. So he doesn't get high def. No, he doesn't get Game of Thrones. Okay. You just, you just. So um, cut him off from popular culture. Just give him reruns in shitty quality of Roosters games. Yep. It's a really unusual idea you've got here. I think we can get the best out of him. And if it wasn't family, say you had to throw in a few other individuals. I'd who would you I'd probably go choose? on Salo. Okay, you yourself. Yeah. What would you say to him? G'day, mate. <laughs> Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Um, Chip, Anthony Seabolt. You remember him. He was the coach last year that everyone thought was good. But this year, everyone thinks, shit house. Most of the city of Brisbane wants to lynch him, um, including many of his players, uh, which is a bit of an issue. Now, last year, this is a very unusual for a, a move for a coach because he was coaching South Sydney, got to the preliminary final, got coach of the year. Everything was riding high and he decided to leave that all behind to go to Brisbane and take Wayne's job. Yep. And a really interesting twist of fate, obviously, Wayne went to Souths. And this year in 2019, Souths have been outperforming Brisbane by a long way. In fact, Brisbane have had their worst start to the season, I think, ever, which is saying something. So on the voluntary tackle today, we're posing a question. What can we do to help Anthony Seabold relax? How can we get him over the stress and rigours of what has been a very arduous NRL season? Foot massage. Okay, by you? No. Who should give it to Definitely him. not. Someone paid. Okay. I mean, you'd have to be paid. Right. You make Wouldn't it sound you? like prostitution. Uh, is it well, not the kind of foot massage where it's, he's been lightly caressed by the nipple of an Asian prostitute? Well, I like where you're going with this. Mm. I mean, uh, you know, I can't say <clears throat> I didn't think the same thing. Yeah. Which is, I think it's just called reflexology, which is what I keep telling my wife. That uh, yeah. rubbing my foot on a bare breast is fine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nothing that's, sexual. That's what it's for. Yeah. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. You know, you've taken over from Wayne... And remember, they didn't treat Wayne well enough to keep him there. That Wayne was very hardly dealt with, you know, I thought, because if you look at his track record up there, um, he got to the finals every time. The guy should have had his own bronze statue outside the stadium. Yeah. It they... should have been Wally Lewis, Alan Langer, and then a bigger statue of Wayne Bennett kind of Patting him mentoring on the head, them. Kind yeah. Of, you know, giving one of them a noogie. Good on you, mate. That was not bad, what you did there. You did well, King Wally, although yeah. you'd be fucking nothing without me. Yeah. Uh, Of course, they had a big falling out, which is probably why they haven't positioned those statues together. But, you know, it does beg the question, what can we do uh, to help Anthony out? Now, we already know Brisbane get a fair few leg ups, Hmm. all right? They get constant nine-game turnarounds. The NRL goes out of their way, really, to be cordial uh, to a club that they know is a big part of their financial survival. Um, So he can't really ask for too many concessions there, can he? Because they're already getting... As many advantages as you can, you already know that um, they have to be given at least nine penalties a game. Um, they're allowed to have 15 people on the field at once. I mean, these things, I mean, other pl- other clubs get very angry about this, um, but I think we can still help uh, Seabold out a little bit. So I'm proposing uh, we shoot Darius Boyd. Okay, well, let's, you know, could start with that. Because mm. um, his, his defence has been awful this year. He's defending like a, an old grandmother. It's been pretty dark. And there's not a lot of light there. There's and not much. And, and this week, Chip, has been the story of Cody Nicarima yep. um, deciding to fuck off to the Warriors, which I think Seabold wasn't that unhappy about. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of sort of player fallout and they put that young kid in, the, um, the guy who looks like he's a, a little bit older than a sperm. Um, he played his debut game. Didn't actually play too badly, but I don't think he's going to be a person that's going to steer them to a premiership. Do you think, think uh, Seabold's going to be uh, spending... He's going to buy some players. He's got to get Mid-season. Some well, he's got to do something. What's he going to do? Why isn't he going with O'Sullivan? For some reason, he's on the outer, and he's meant to be carving up the Queensland Cup. Mm. But he's gone with the sperm instead. And he's the sperm with slightly less good looks than yep. a sperm. Mm-hmm. Um, he almost looks like an evil Richie Cunningham. Um, so I don't think he is going to be the answer for them. That doesn't sound good. No. No, uh, far from happy days, that's for sure. Uh, but the media conferences... Maybe are, we could get him some flowers or... Okay, Is he, does he like flowers? I don't know. If you sent me flowers, I'd be fucking outraged. Yeah. Because I hate them. Mm. They give me hay fever. I don't like the look of them. Yep. Give me the plastic ones that I can iron every now and again and I'm fine. Yep. Uh, but if you send me real flowers, I'll fuck you up. Okay, so if you're C- seabold and, and you've had a bad day and mm. I want to cheer you up, what, what do you want? I reckon uh, the biggest uh, seed of annoyance for him, from what I can tell, Chip, after poring over these videos, is the media conferences. Okay. Now, he seems to get most outraged uh, when he's having to, um, you know, yeah, when he's getting those tough questions like, why is Brisbane shit? Yep. Why are you so shit? (laughs) Um, Your head looks like a piece of shit. Since you got here, it's been shit. It's been shit. (laughs) Wayne was great and we fucking got rid of him. Why are you here? What the fuck are you? Um, so look, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is something that'll be sanctioned by the NRL, but what I'm thinking is, uh, when he walks into the media conference, as well as the scrum of reporters ready to grill him, mm. he has a team of geisha women okay. just ready to, uh, attend to every, uh, sexual desire nice. that Anthony would, uh, potentially want. So at least if he gets a hard question, like why the fuck are you coming last? Mm he might have someone sucking his cock yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure there is that old expression. Um, a tough question doesn't seem so vexing when you're getting ahead. Now, I'm pretty sure that's a Mark Twain quote. Yeah. Well, leave it to Mark. He knew some shit, that guy. My view on voting comes from Mark Twain. Oh, okay. What's that? If it made a difference, they wouldn't let you do it. Oh, I love it. But that's that kind of conspiratorial, paranoid. Well, you outlook. take out of it whatever you, whatever you like. But it does know. sound good. It's a great sound bite. And that's the most important thing. To close out this segment, is there anything we can do for Anthony before we move on? I think he needs a player. Let's send him a player. Who can we send him? Okay. Tell, okay this could be it. We, set, we can send him any player. He can't have Luttrell. No, no, no. He's locked up. It has He's... to be from yesteryear. So okay. we, we use the power of mythology. Oh, well, I, you've got to bring back Block here. Okay He'll fix it How about we Can we bring back Lockyer With or without his hair It doesn't matter Give him a headgear Okay Change fair it enough. up you like that, But old school In fact uh, Because we asked the hard questions On the show Chip Just on that We asked our listeners uh, Whether or not Darren Lockyer's hair Would grow more lush Or if uh, The transplant That he's currently got On top of his skull Would be rejected By his scalp um, And 53% Of the people Said yes Darren Lockyer's hair Would be rejected More after this. Now, Chip, with the Maroons team ageing faster than Mel Gibson in the final scene of Forever Young, the Queenslanders need some serious assistance in the upcoming Origin series. And it's been floated, the idea of bringing back King Grubb, one Cameron Smith. Now, uh, both Cameron Smith and Kevin Walters are denying that this is a possibility. However, uh, when asked today... Kevin Walters uh, said, and I quote, I won't call him. So is this a bit like when two people go on a date ship and both parties are waiting for the other person to call them first? Mm -hmm. Is Cameron Smith and Kev just waiting by the phone, hoping that the other person uh, might be needed by the other? Or does Kevin Walters just not fucking want him? I think uh, Cameron's already spoken to him about it. Oh, you think there's some backroom dealings, do you? Well, that's why he said, "I, I won't call him. Or I haven't called him, or whatever, because you think they've Cameron's spoken in person, called him. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, well that makes I, a lot of I, sense. I think it'll be lined up already. Um, Cameron will be playing nine. Um, I would back it actually if I could put it in my multi. Um, <coughs> but uh, wouldn't that be good if you could bet on like origin comebacks? Maybe this is our space in the market. We Maybe could just we come could. up with like amazingly obscure bets. Yeah, and put a price on like them somehow. Will Jason Moody? ever play for the New South Wales Blues again. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Will Latrell Mitchell score 23 tries in the Origin Series? Yeah. Will Blake Ferguson ever do a flip where he lands on a child's head in row K? Could it be if, uh, you know, Kevin Walters, they're going into game two, say they're a game down in the series, Hmm. and they're not going well because they've just been thumped by New South Wales? Yeah. Could that be the case to bring back Cameron Smith? In game two, when the chips are down, they bring back the man, the only man that they've ever had that they know, can swindle and cheat his way to an Origin win. Yeah, yeah, but that's why I think they're getting him from the start. What I reckon it'd be better to do it this way, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I reckon what they could do, for just dramatic reasons, is they're down in Origin one, and then just on the prelude to game two, they shoot the the equivalent of a bat signal into hmm. the sky, yep. except it, it's not a bat in this instance, it's... Um, the silhouette, it's the silhouette of a man grappling the neck of another person <laughs> or, or at least arguing the toss while someone's seriously injured on the ground. I think that could be the kind of thing that our, uh, Queensland might produce. Defin- it'd make a nice sequel. It'd be like Kill, Kill Bill 2. It could you know, well be. Better, better than uh, Kill Bill 1. Should Uma Thurman play hooker for Queensland? I'd love Uma Thurman as a hooker. Me too. Yeah, she plays it well. Um, and you could have Quinton Tarantino as a prop forward. Yep, because he's a big unit. Did you know that? We were watching an interview with him um, about a year ago, and I didn't realise. You sure it's not everyone else is just small that was talking to him? I don't think it was relative. Okay. I think he's genuinely a massive unit. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's part Cherokee Indian. Ah, so you know yeah, they've got some size. Tells good stories. If Queensland were in that position though, Chip, what would they do to entice Cameron Smith back to the cauldron that is state of origin? Ah, oh, you know what? Like just. Just uh, rerunning some of the old victories that they had. So as part of that incentive strategy, Chip, to show him videos of the glory years where he was lining up against the likes of Jamie Bura, mm. uh, where he was lining up against your Jason Moody's, Michael Ennis. Michael Ennis. And just make him feel really good about what he could potentially do in 2019, even though this year we've actually got a sanctioned hooker, someone who does play hooker. Well, Robbie is going to be great this year. For the Blues. He'll be good watching it, won't he? Yeah. Number one fan. Where should they place him? As just head of the chicks with the pom-poms? I would love to see Robbie Farrow with a pair of pom-poms. Yeah, but you're a bit sick like that. A little bit, yeah. Do you know why? Because he wouldn't have the requisite speed to keep up with the other chicks. Yeah, he'd be a bit bit behind. Yeah, he'd be out of tune. And just in classic Robbie Farrow fashion... He would try to make the big play, even in the cheerleading stakes. Yeah, that's right. He'd go for a flip. He'd go, fucking get me on your shoulders. And he'd crush some chick who's only yep. 5'4". Yep. And like, you know, 55 kilos. Broken and he'd, nose, he'd, bleeding. He'd walk away going, you fucked that up, well, as he I, does with his players. I told you. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> I didn't call that play, you bitch. You're supposed to catch me. We ran over this five times. Like, I what, what part of... Blue 48, don't you fucking understand? And now look at you, you're bleeding. With Cameron there in the Origin series, which I believe he will be there for all three, but I'm really enjoying the idea of him losing badly in that team. I'm with you. And I think that's part of the appeal, is I always get the feeling that he jumped knowing that the dynasty was over. That's right. And so I, I've, I've always thought we, I got cheated, and that annoyed me. Yeah. So I actually wouldn't mind to see him coming back And finally, trying his hardest Mm. and losing, and just clinging onto the coattails of fucking Cook, who's already run away from him and is under the sticks. He's put Tedesco in, looking forlorn. Yeah, I mean that's the image I want. Those are the footage that you really want—the snapshot on your wall, signed. Cameron's by all the Blues. Do you know what I mean? Signed by them. Yeah, and maybe you know the ultimate would be to get Cameron. That'd and be amazing. Have that, and you you look at that, and you go, should it only be Cameron Smith's mm-hmm. signature? So it's an image of the Blues celebrating a try, and in the middle of the circle, just underneath someone's boot yep. is Cameron Smith's head, because yep. he's just missed a tackle yep. on Damien Cook, yep. and it and the only signature on that is collectible, collectible, yeah. And there's only fifty of them. Head mid shake, just yeah. And the frame instead of wood. It's made out of a little bit of Cameron Smith's skin. So underneath it, you can have the freeze frame bits, like the other photo. Maybe there's five underneath. Yep. they small, but they're in a, a sequence. Yep. And you can have just that bit where he goes, Fuck! Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Now, the Tony Barber in the Voluntary Tackle, well, it's been uh, itching uh, for a scratch, uh, which is why we've introduced a segment called... The Voluntary Baffler. So basically, uh, this is an opportunity for our listeners uh, to potentially score a prize, or at least, at the very least, verbal praise on the show, uh, by being the first person to guess who the following NRL player is. And what we're going to do is give you six clues, and the first person to get us on The Voluntary Tackle at Twitter... Will win a prize. Okay, so let's just let's just clarify what, what you okay, said. Okay, please, that. yes. So, <clears throat> someone's going to get a prize <coughs> if mm. they get, but it might not be a prize. Might just be a mention on. It the could show. be the prize of kudos. Okay, so, I think we should have a meeting on how we're going to do this prize thing because the last prize thing I seem to remember, we promised what was it, a sock, the 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 Mike sock. And the big T, and the and the and the hair follicles, which you refused to give up, which you said I would give, and I'm like, I'm not giving. Well, I don't want to be identified. To be fair, my pubic hair is balding. So we scratched that idea, and there was a can of Foster's signed by yours truly, mm. beautifully signed. I might add. You, you have got it? good penmanship. Yes. I'm, a, I'm Yeah. Thank you. Um. And and also, what what else was in there? We had uh, the TVT bottle caps, the Asahi yeah, caps. Yeah, had some bottle caps. Uh, and then we both came in the box. No, we didn't do that. Oh, that's right. That, uh, that, not that why you were looking. the next prize. Right. Yep. Uh, and I had to replace your missing hair with uh, pistachio shells. That's an odd replacement for my hair. It, mm-hmm. it, it's in both terms of optics and texture. Yeah. I feel like you should have at least gone for cat hair or something okay yeah well i could have done it. I, I mean just, that's just I, I found it difficult to track the little fuck down to be honest and get it hold still big shout out big T. hope you're enjoying the prize so mate. big T. yeah so we hope you got that mate and, and sorry he didn't send it straight away but he's pretty much fucking useless but i got it to you in the end anyway big chip, T, chip gets it done if you get an opportunity mate tweet us in and tell us what you did with the prize yeah, did you? Have you got a photo to show us? Uh, have you been taking it out for walks? Have you been going down to the local park with a voluntary tackle bottle cap and just flicking it at young children and saying, play with that, kids? Actually, that could be horrible. Don't do that. You could get yourself in trouble with the authorities doing that. But I hope you're having fun with the box anyway. Okay. Uh, we're going to go back to the voluntary baffler now. Uh, we're going to give you six cryptic clues, and you have to tell us which NRL player this is. Uh, so in no particular order... I was born in the 1970s. My brother is also well known. Journeyman. 20-meat pies. Across the Dutch. I locked horns with the ARL during Super League. So if you're able to cobble together that collection of rather shitty clues (laughs) and actually get together... Some kind of cognitive balance and get an answer, please tweet it to at voluntary tackle uh, or email it in at the voluntary tackle at gmail.com, uh, preferably via Twitter, though. It's going to be a faster medium. And the winner will get something very special that's TBD. So let me just, let me just one more, one more thing there with that. So, do you reckon anyone's going to get this? Oh, well, you'd be You're, surprised, mate. Yeah. We, we deal with real rugby league hardheads. These guys are pretty on their game. They are right. They're champions. See the twenty meat pies. You could probably Google that. But look, while we're on the topic of listeners, Chip, um, look, we're going to take a little bit of time this episode to say thank you uh, with a number of people who do follow and support the show, who uh, we rather indignantly probably don't thank enough uh, for their efforts, whether it be talking to the show, retweeting what we put up on Twitter or just contributing to our polls and silly questions. And for that, you really are collective saints, aren't they, Chippy? I mean, to put up with us if in it, any form. Well, us is, is is right, I guess. You love to make that clarification, don't you? Well, you, you, you do seem to talk for both of us a lot. But that's all right. That's what we're, we're here team. for. We're in the TVT. Give me right, a high mate. five. Yeah! <laughs> He's uh, He can be difficult sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, but we do love uh, Eamon and um, we appreciate all of your support uh, through these episodes. If you've been listening for 30-odd episodes to this, I have a lot of respect for you because you're clearly a person of integrity and endurance. Well, certainly the latter at the very least and we're going to nominate you. For Australian of the Year, we're going to actually file an application on your behalf. You're going to do that. I am. You're For anyone do, wow. that we can prove okay. through um, I've, I've iTunes analytics that they've listened to 30 episodes, Okay, we will submit that application on your behalf. Australian and, of the Year. And okay. we won't fill in any of the major details. We'll just put a sentence that said... We can't believe you fucking did it. You're a legend. Well done. You're a legend. Um, and to for some individual shout-outs, um, Media Watch Mario, The Big T, uh, Dean from the NRL Roast, if anyone's not on, uh, on the NRL Roast, which will be nobody because it's so huge now. Um, check that stuff out because it's extremely funny. Um, not to hype a fellow NRL podcast too much, but Woody and Slug's NRL podcast is very good. I'd also like to thank Corey at Fulio Iglesias. Janice Definitely. Mateus, Andrew Ferguson from the Rugby League Project, uh, which is an invaluable resource, especially for us, because we know nothing, so it's fantastic. Jane Smith from Inside Sport, Sandy Hunter, Gavin or aka at Ernie Oz, and finally, at Mofo Stormfan. We actually have a fucking Storm fan who likes us. See, that's just... That's uh, a minor miracle. That's just beautiful. That's, but we love all of you pe- all of you guys... Yep, um, and the turtle. Media Watch has is, is been has been around for a long time. Yep, um, loves his footy. Us. I think the Big T's been probably someone that we, we love dearly. Uh, cl- very close. He's part of our, our TVT, I would I say. I think we'll but, have you know, to meet up to, with the Big T. To a, to a certain uh, extent. We had, you know what, we've had a few requests. I'm going to ask you live on the air, mate, because I haven't brought it up yet. We've had a few requests to potentially do a live show, to meet with people. Do you think that that might be? How do you think that would go? Just fantastically well. Really? Because oh, I see be it being beautiful. a disaster. No, it would just be great listening. Um, to see what we do live, just for the people at home, you may not know this, but 25% of the show we edit out because it's over the line. <laughs> So to be there live, I think there'd be at least two or three individuals who might curdle up into the fetal position. We'd have to be in our best behaviour. Well, that, that wouldn't be the show then. Well, I mean, we, you know, there's, there's, there's levels and areas. and We'd have plums yeah. in there. I could imagine me fronting up to a live show and going, well, here we are. be like one of those like, pre-war <laughs> things. Anyway, take that, Mr. Hitler. You really are a scallywag, you know. You know, the NRL hasn't been the same since Churchill was in. It'd be something like that and it would completely ruin the DNA of the show. Yeah, I, yeah. But I, I want to meet them at the same time. Okay. Maybe what we could do is we just go to the pub, fuck the show, and we just have a beer. Yeah, that, that really doesn't support our listening audience. Uh, the South game um, saw a number of their players. They obviously had a blinder, blew Brisbane off the park. Yep. And uh, in honour of GI, hmm. uh, a number of the players were doing Goannas. They, they go the Wanner. They were. Um, some impressions were better than others. Yep. Um, you had Adam Reynolds. Yep. He did a decent one. Yep. Cody Walker did an excellent one. Did he? And um, John Sutton mo- looked more like a blubber fish. Okay, but he had a go. He had a go. He looked yep. more like a fish that was out of water and suffocating. Yep. Um, but it was all in honour of GI. And, and he scored. In, and if, and he, exactly. And he hasn't done that since 2004. Um, so he was pretty happy about that. Um, but it got us to thinking on the show about the concept of post-try celebrations, and I want to see more of them come back. Yep. Um, so as a way of cajoling the NRL into um, kind of advocating for these post-try celebrations, I thought it'd be a good idea if we came up with some suggestions that the NRL could take with them. So I'm going to start us off. I was thinking, well, obviously we have Paul Gallen. Mm-hmm. He's leaving the game pretty yep. soon. What would the homage to Paul Gallon be? Just celebrate, just a real, <laughs> just a really genuine <laughs> celebration. Just, just be really fucking happy. Yeah, that he's going—that'd <laughs> be amazing. So do what you'd normally do, exactly, but times ten. Yep, go he's fucking just really happy. On. So he's kind of wondering, it was an alright try, but yeah. So you, the sharks are up forty-six-six. You know, it's not even like a big deal. But they have to go mental because they go in honor of Paul leaving. Yeah, fucking a like just nuts. Yeah, I mean, great. you know, we're scoring tries now. I like that, and and look, uh, for the most part, normally you link it to something they've done in their careers. Yep. So I was thinking, you know, potentially they could hook a syringe into their arm and sort of pump some human growth hormone into it, yep. um, just to say, well done, gal, good career. <laughs> um, just to say thanks, I'm going to get yep. massive. You know. I think uh, drug taking. I think as far as post try celebrations go, drug taking's underused. I agree with you, mate. I agree with you. Some real scope there. Absolutely. And and if they could even maybe do it as a group, they could have uh, two players inject each other yep. in their anuses. You could have. Um, they could reenact love scenes from oh, okay. like yep. Brokeback Mountain or something. Or just fuck each other. Yeah. Okay. Would Paul be happy with that? He'd probably feel like he missed out. What about Billy Slater? If it was Billy Slater's last game and you had to come up with a post-try celebration. Feign an injury? Yeah, that's true. Something like that. So what would you do? You clutch your balls? Oh, my back. Would it be possible for the players to get together in a huddle after you've scored and just come up with a watertight legal argument about how to beat a fairly serious charge at the NRL judiciary? Just enact a jury. Yeah, you know, with a judge and have them all sitting there. You'd bring some people in from the crowd yeah. and you'd say, you can be the jury that's going to let me off. See, how long do you get to set that up? Because You've got to do it within a couple of minutes. You've got to take the kick. You know. Yeah, exactly. So you haven't got a big window of time. So you've scored the try. Your players have got to run in really quickly and become a mock jury. You need your props ready. You've yep. got to have people bring the props on immediately once the try scored. Yep. Set the stage. Bring a lawyer in who's going to give you a really long, windy answer about how a shoulder charge isn't really a shoulder charge at that speed. Yep. Uh, And it's my last game, so let me play. That kind of thing. Uh, Pull at the heartstrings sort of stuff. Get a violin. Yeah. You probably would get a a bit of a a band in, I'd say. Which is actually uh, ironic because he actually used to bring a violin onto the field because... He'd occasionally try to use the fiddle part to cut people's throats. Like I got that, but then he left the case open at the touchline, yeah, like for money and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know, because he wants to make sure his actions are economically viable. Isn't it enough? What about Jeremy Lattimore? Should the players just get up and act all confused because no one knows who he is? I'd like to see um, post try celebrations uh, for more for more people, like more individualized. Maybe that could be what's going on in your life. Um, And what about uh, Chip Jones? What if he scored? You'd probably try to strangle a prostitute. The celebration that I would like, to be honest, Mm. is uh, someone lighting a joint and taking a shot of whiskey. Oh, that's nice. Post try celebration. Just light yourself a smoke and have yourself a drink. And you did well. Go on. Off you go. And then just very quietly shoot yourself. Now, this has been done on the show before, but um, very self-indulgently, Chip, I just want to have a quick, I guess, vent about my personal life. Now, we have already talked about my discussions uh, being attacked by an 85-year-old Russian woman in a previous previous episode. Go back and check it out for those interested parties. Uh, But this week, um, I wanted to tell to the listeners about my old man. Now, he's a very unique individual. Um, Now, we're all having lunch last week. And I don't know, I think most people have probably heard this weird philosophical conundrum, but somehow it came up. So if you go back in time and you had a baby Hitler, would you kill the baby Hitler? Uh, now, that's sort of a, a fairly uh, standard philosophical, moral discussion that people have. Now, my dad had never heard this, by the way, at the table. Uh, and so my dad, I said that to him, I okay, go, would you go back in time and kill a baby Hitler? And he looked at me and he said... Oh, you know, oh, I couldn't I couldn't kill a baby. And he was very solemn and he said I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. No, yeah. oh, no, fair enough. And then he's a few seconds later he went, Look, I guess you could just leave it alone in the snow. And I just thought that is the most like in his mind Yep. <clears throat> He's not murdering the baby. Then he said, it's, "What it's, you, if you took it to mm. a, a really cold zone yeah. of the world yeah. and left the baby in a yeah. snowfield yeah. to freeze to death?" Yeah. Suddenly, in my dad's mind, that's less morally culpable than killing it. It's it's a beautiful um, uh, response, though, in a way, because it's it's saying that you know you could never hurt hurt someone like that. But at the same time, if it was necessary to do it to save lives or for whatever reason that was really, really important, you could say, well, maybe we can just leave it for the wolves. But my point here is, Chip, that there are ways to kill a baby. Do tell. Uh, <laughs> that I think would be quicker and less painful. Um, And I kind of feel like my old man's way of doing it is crueler because okay. he says, Let's le- let the elements murder the baby instead. Yeah. Well, Which I think's a bit weird, but he's also giving it a chance. Well, it's not going to fit like, for itself. It, is it? Is it going to construct a mini bobsled and do the luge and then like go off and have a happy life and grow up with fucking timberwolves? I mean, that's not going to happen. Could be that bear grills find it. If bear, bear grills could find it, if bear grills found it, he'd eat it. Because anything to survive. I don't know. I think you'd probably pick it up and look after it and just make it part of the make it a thing. Uh, Here's like, a little. Yeah, that's thing. true. The agricultural. If you concept. happen to find a baby on your travels, fellas, mm. this is what you do: you build a little thing, you strap it on, mm. and your radio, and you say, don't get it back to. I think you're right because also, if you grew the baby, if you grew the baby into a larger child, you'd have more meat to eat. Yep. So bear grills probably has a point there. Now it's time for multi madness. Multi Madness. Alright, here we come. I am going to take, what am I going to do here? But should we preface this by letting our listeners know that we haven't been particularly successful? No, we're shit so far. Yeah, we've only done it twice. And in the history of TVT, you're always shit, but I'm usually pretty good. I've won two multis, but I think you had a run of about four multi wins on the trot last year. But it's 2019. Last that's year is true. a long time in the revision. Remote, and it well, turns we're both out struggling. We're both <laughs> shit now. <laughs> we're not doing well. So how do we get less shit? How do we get less shit? Well, I think uh, I'm going to go conservative. I'm going to go the Manly Seagulls. They're good value. Who are they playing? Brisbane Broncos. It's $2.66. Well, at least uh, that's what sports bet says. Uh, I'm going to have to go the Roosters because I'm a dispassionate rugby league lover. Uh, and I'm going to go the Dragons. Okay, okay, and who are they playing, mate? New Zealand Warriors. So you've got a 3 Lego and what's your total? $4.60. Are you just doing a mental calculation on the fly? Pretty much. Can we check that out, it's please? probably wrong. Oh, <laughs> Can you do the times for me? Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> what are the three odds? $1. forty-five. Uh dollar sixty. Yep. Two sixty six. Oh, you're short changing yourself. Six dollar seventeen. Six seventeen. All right. So you're really hoping to get off the mark here because um, you know, we have been pretty shit. Very shit. We have to be honest with ourselves. Yep. Last year, uh fairly successful year for yourself. I had a couple of wins, but so far it's zero from two for both of us. Poor. Uh what happens if it's zero from three? None of us have picked a multi after three attempts. Um, is there some kind of like punishment we need to implement? We should definitely go and get a job. Okay, yeah, just do something else. Yeah. I will actually self flagellate as well. I'll get a big piece of two by four, I'll put a rusty nail on the end and I will repeatedly hit myself in the balls. Does it does it work if you do it to someone else? No, then, then it's just it flagellating. Okay. Yeah, that's had to be self flagellating, I think you have to Right. You can't just flagellate. I think you can. <laughs> can you can you can you just flagellate? I think we're drifting, but no, I think you might be right. But look, I actually think your multi sounds uh, like it's pretty solid chip. I've gone um, a little bit more adventurous than you, but not too much. I've got a four legger, uh, so I've gone the sharks at a dollar sixty-five uh, to beat the Gold Coast Titans. I thought the sharks were well, as everyone knows, they were incredibly brave this week in knocking over the Melbourne Storm. Um, they've still got a number of players out, and yet they rallied to beat the Storm. Storm didn't play very well, it should be said, um, but I think they're going to have the measure of the Gold Coast Titans. Don't like the Titans, do you? Actually, I want to like them. Yeah, I, I don't, really do. I don't but think you've picked them, but they are anything. shit. That's the issue. <laughs> um, I, I actually always want them to be successful because they're one of those brands that haven't been particularly successful. Isn't there a little party that loves that? Not really. No No. I mean if it was a team I hated It's tough to hate the Titans Because they've never been good Yeah that's true You tend to hate teams that have been competitive Mm. And plus can you really hate a team with Michael Gordon in it? Not really It's like trying to hate Jesus Yeah I mean people have tried that (laughs) Yeah the Jews did for a while there They took it pretty far too Um, Now, the second leg, uh, I've gone with Manly at $2.66. This has to be the value of the round. They're playing... uh, Granted, they're playing Brisbane in Brisbane during the Magic round, but Brisbane have been so ordinary, and Manly have been pretty good. Yeah. I think they've won three or four on the trot now. So $2.66 for the Manly Seagulls, I think, is excellent value, even though they are away from home. Um, I think the Knights have started to find some form. Um, So $1.77, they are favourites. In their game against Canterbury, um, you know, even though the Bulldogs haven't been winning, they've been competitive. I don't think they're completely shit. That's right. So I think that will be a, actually a pretty good game. But I think the Knights will prevail. And the final leg I've got is Souths, at uh, pretty short. They're a dollar thirty-five to beat the North Queensland Cowboys. Can't back the Cowboys in to beat anyone, even though they did win this week, just barely. Mm. Um, they are they are struggling, and from what I understand, he, Paul Green's lost the dressing room, which never helps, and South's travelling pretty well. So I've gone a four-legger for a total of $10.48 be out ahead. A bit of a uh, pattern emerging, mate, between Mm. the two of us. uh, Out of all of the three occasions we've put our multis together, Mm. um, mine have always been a little bit more longer odds than yours. Yep. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about your conservative strategy? Well, the problem is I don't want to tell you what I'm doing. Okay, just whisper it Quite happily tell them. Basically boils down to... um, You've got to get something on the board first, right? And then, and then you go from there. So, in a football analogy sense, uh, if you're playing a game at twenty minutes gone, nil all, you'd you'd be the type to take the penalty kick if you got one, just to get the two points on the board, get yourself rolling. Definitely right. And see, then, I'm and definitely then, a tap and, then, and go kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I'd be going for the eight-point try. I think I'd mm. be going for the that's let's right. score and just try to make out one of the opposition players fouled hit me in, me a in the jaws, yeah. yeah, with his scrotum. Yeah, also worth a penalty. Maybe yeah. you could go up to a person in the crowd, make sure they're of age. Um, would that would that be a a two-point penalty though? Oh, yeah, you couldn't really Someone penalize your opposition, could you? Yeah, I mean, unless point. they were wearing their jersey, they were their supporter. Mm. Unless they were supporting that team, you might be able to say, "Oh, yeah, that's." But you were in that jersey, so. Well, you know, I think you're right, Chip. Um, The the example that springs to mind, I'm not sure if you're familiar with a a person by the name of Skull um, who's a sort of infamous uh, St George fan um, who's been banned from going into the St George home ground there at Cogra because way back in the day uh, when the opposition made a break, he ran on the field and punched someone. Excellent. uh, Punched the player, prevented them from scoring. Cool. And this is my favourite part of the story. He got a life ban, yep. obviously. That kind of makes sense because yep. you can't do that. Um, so instead of uh, trying to get back into the ground, um, he went, all right, I'll cop that on the chin. Every home ground, he climbed a tree really close to Cogra, and watched the That's game excellent. from the top of the tree. Yep. Amazing. Dragons fans, they are a committed Special bunch. Special breed. They, do, they can live in trees. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, Chip, and uh, have you found that this is one of the rare occasions that you've learned anything? Definitely not. Yeah, me neither. Um, so, just in case they our listeners learn absolutely nothing, I think it's important to leave them with Chip's words of wisdom. Well, words of wisdom today is about assumptions, Amen. and uh, we all make them day to day, um, and they're a necessary part of our existence to a certain extent, but... We need to be careful with our assumptions. I was once uh, going on a long train ride, and I bought these chocolate biscuits, and, uh, and they were my favourite. And I hadn't seen them uh, in a while in the store, so I was quite happy that they were there. So they were quite exclusive. They were, they were, they were just th- that type of chocolate biscuit. I was mm. very excited to have them. Was it the tiny teddies that were fornicating in the shapes of two? beat is fucking for the sake of the story it's whatever works for you fair enough um but i was looking forward to them sat down uh at the train station and i thought this might be a good time to have one and so in the table in front of me these chocolate biscuits some guy walks along and sits down next to me and uh i don't think too much of it i'm reading the paper and he uh reaches out and takes a biscuit and I'm kind of a bit frazzled by this, so I think, well, I'm they're my biscuit, so I took a biscuit and I ate the biscuit and kind of looked at him and he didn't really look at me and it was very strange. He then reached out and took another biscuit. So I couldn't do anything now because we've already... It was a weird situation, so I... Yeah, you had I, to call him on it early. Exactly right. And I, I hadn't done that, so... I thought, well, sod it, I'm going to have some of my biscuits. So I ate, ate them and, and we ended up eating biscuit for biscuit, the whole <laughs> the whole thing of biscuits. I could only assume he thought they were provided by the coach or something that they were there to share. I, I couldn't, couldn't work it out at the time. So anyway, I got on the train and sat there and I thought about this for a minute and I looked in my bag and I actually had my biscuits in my in my bag with me. So it was all. About, so it was all about not making assumptions, basically. About, so you, to be clear, you were eating this man's biscuits. It appears like, that. I
1: was and, actually, and he said
0: nothing to you. Yes. Which is interesting. Mm. Uh, what would have happened if he said, "Mate, why are you eating my fucking biscuits?" <laughs> I'd have probably reminded him that they were my biscuits. Right. You see so few fights in the public sphere over, over biscuits. Arnott's Biscuits. Yeah, that's Do you... right. No, they weren't Arnott's. Oh, I'm sorry. These but... were seriously... No, oh, Arnott's are great. Yeah. Shouldn't assume, should we? Exactly right. You've learnt your lesson. I can see that story working within you. So we'll leave that with our listeners, and we'll catch you all next week for more Absolute Insanity on the Voluntary Tackle. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. Till next time, goodbye. Right, for this week's mascot wars, Eamon, um I'm thinking it might be nice to just bring in some fictitious uh, animals, because we've kind of gone through all the mascots. I love the idea of mascot wars, but I think we need to invent a couple of teams this week um, so that we can have some kind of real mascot war um, that defines each of us. You've really sprung this on me. <laughs> Funny that. All right. So, uh, what we can choose any uh, mascot anything, of our choosing. Anything right. you want. Okay. And um, then we're going to send them to war. Okay. Uh, but you have to, I reckon the rule should be that you have to also name a place, even if it's a fictitious place. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Let's go. What's your team? All right. One. Yep. Two. Three. The Hornsby Hanggliders. Fantastic. Uh, that's very nice. And who? Are you, what are you at, yours? I'm I'm going I'm going the uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima n- nuclear nuclear weapons. Well, I think the hang glider scene's outmatched. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Uh, well, wait. Is your Hiroshima was the victim <coughs> uh, of yep. the, the nuclear bomb? So, in a way, your mascot is like hundreds of thousands of charred Japanese. We survived this to put a football team together. Yeah, right. But at the same time, uh, you would just be surviving through attrition and through illness. Mm. Um, I mean, great. Hats off. Tough to get through that. Um, But not necessarily the same kind of monstrous, uh, you know, it's not like a tiger, you know, something that's going to attack you. You're more about endurance. How do hang gliders go against um, atomic bombs? Because... you're already in the air. so Which is very true. But look, it, just to restate my case, I think that the Hornsby hang glider uh, would only have to beat um, some very suffering Japanese citizens who have seen a lot of trauma. Um, so I think I'm in the box seat here. Because I've, flown, okay, in, so you, so I've you, flown in from yep. first world Hornsby on yep. my fucking hang glider. Yep. I'm loving life. And here I've come across 1942-esque. You're definitely going to beat the Hiroshima team in the game, 100%. I'll beat you on morale. But I'm the Hiroshima atomic bombs. So as far as the mascot war goes, I kick your ass. You, so, so you're the bomb. Yes. Okay. Now you're getting it. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So that's an unusual uh, selection for the people of Hiroshima to choose the mode of destruction I of figured, their very people. I think. I figured they earned the mascot. I mean, that's kind of like that's like John F. Kennedy's family choosing a sniper rifle. <laughs> that's the mascot for their family. I just think it's an odd choice. That's all. Just little Lee Harvey Oswald hats. It's I, I think it's masochistic, I think it's sick, and I think you should forfeit, frankly.